Tonight is anniversary night. The format of tonight's meeting will be a main speaker who will speak for 25 minutes, followed by our information break and the anniversary celebrants. It says pause. Our main speaker tonight, <laughs> I'm just reading. Our main speaker tonight is Janine. Good evening. My name is Janine, and I am an alcoholic. Close. You want me to kiss the thing? Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, my. Look at all these faces. All right. Um, oh, my stats. Uh, my sobriety date is January 8, 2008. I'm a member of the uh, Atlantic Group. Uh, my sponsor is Scotty, and uh, Scotty B. And uh, what am I forgetting? Oh, I'm working steps 6 through 12, and I'm so humbly honored to be here to speak with all of you. So many dear faces that I know I've grown up with here in um, the Atlantic Group. And AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, has truly been a blessing to my heart. Oh, boy, I'm a nervous wreck, and many of you that know me here in the meeting always know I go through a panic attack for the first few minutes. So... I'm bringing God in. I'm taking, inhaling and taking a deep breath. And uh, I still have a blank because there's so many people here that are dear to me, very dear to me, that have inspired me when I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I thank God so much that I can be here with all of you from day to day. And I thank Matt. Thank you, Matt, for asking me to speak. Matt asked me when I was at uh, Anton's and I was uh, doing the invocation and after I spoke a little while, he asked me if I would speak. And I said, well, I can do a two-minute speak uh, qualification, but I can't do any longer. So, of course, he said no. So, uh, all right, my beginning. So, well, as you know, I'm Jamaican. And uh, that's not a surprise to you. And uh, my first drink, I'll go to my, first I'll go to my parents, which uh, may they rest in peace or are gone now. But I had so much love growing up. Um, they hugged us, they chased us by the river. You know, we snuck out of church and they always embraced us and told us they loved us. And they would say in the morning, rise and shine. And I've always saw in the churches, they were always giving. That's why many of you know I still do the bacon and give gifts as, as bacon. Y'all know me for that. But, um, you know, it's a good thing that I have, that they taught me such blessings to be honest and true. And I'll get to the drunk part because, you know, it's switch off then. <laughs> so, um, honest, true, and... Uh, you know, have respect for yourself and elders, and your education was vital at that time. So, um, my first drink, when they passed, it was hard for me, but my grandmother raised us. We were very privileged. We had everything we needed. And my grandmother was, in 1950, she was one of the first um, Jamaicans of African descent 
to complete her education in Columbia University, which I found out. I was very impressed by that. I still have the picture of her. Of course, she's the dot in the middle, but she's there. So that's good enough for me. So um, when, when they died, it was hard for me. But, um, and uh, going through primary school was a little hard. Um, my first teachers here was, were German, Ms. Vogelanta. She didn't like me, but it didn't matter, because I went home and I told uh, my grandmother, I said, why the teacher don't like me? Because I did so well in school. And I used to write, we always used to travel and go to different parts of the world. So I would write when I came back to school, what I did. So I would speak about the waves and aquamarine water and the fish tickling the feet. And she used to jot out my name and put it on the blackboard for everybody to see. So I told my grandmother what's going on. She said, I didn't send you to school to be teacher's pet. I sent you to school to get your education and mind your business and go to the next level in life. So from that time, it was a good thing I was taught that to just know that education was a priority and don't worry about how the teacher is treating me. So that was a good thing. That, that didn't harden my heart, but it made me understand when those didn't understand our way. So that was, uh -uh, don't want to stay in. Okay, so that was good. So anyway, we'll jump to when I was 17. Um, I, like I said, we used to travel a lot. I always had chaperones because we were very privileged, thank God. And the chaperone would always go and have a drink so at the hotel. So when she went to go get the ice, I said, let me see what she's laughing about every time she drink this liquid. What's going on here, sir? So when she went out the room, I took a sip of overproof Jamaican rum. And I got a hot rush. And I went out the door, went downstairs, got on my moped, and crashed right into a palm tree. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. And, and the funny thing about it, the, the, the worst part of it was I hit it so hard, I had to duck the coconuts from coming. <laughs> That's how hard I hit it. Of course, I got in trouble. You know, 17, not listening and drinking. But I didn't start again until uh, 20, so. Um, let me see. I've done so many things, and I am almost 70 years old, so there's so much I can share, but I'm trying to chop it up because I know my dear friend is going to give me a certain time limit, so I know I'm pressed for time. But um, let me see. What else? Oh, so as, as many of you know, I had a Jamaican rum cake business. Oh, see, you know me. You know me. And uh, I used to bake. It was a process. It's a two-year process. It's not when you pour the alcohol over the rum, then all of a sudden you have Jamaican rum. No, don't go like that. It's a two-year process. It takes time in a barrel, in the dark, and all of that. So anyway, it was very lucrative. I was getting uh, from the hospitals uh, 500 orders and then 800 orders, which became overwhelming for me. Didn't have the technology like now. You can press a button, somebody call and come and do all your business. So I used the pizzeria oven at night to make the cakes, hired people at the church, and delivered them to hospitals. I went, I uh, was very, uh, 
highly recommended at hospitals. And once you taste it, you'll get a little jiggy top, you know, dizzy or so. So anyway, it got overwhelming. I just, and uh, I had always had shipments of Jamaican rum coming. And uh, let me see how that went. Almost forgot, Lord Jesus, I don't barely want to remember, but the shipments were coming and I started using because I had so many orders, I, I didn't know how to, to do it with just five people, so it became overwhelming. And that thing with Scarface, you get high on your own supply. <laughs> I was getting high on my Jamaican rum. So I had plenty of uh, bottles and cases around and uh, I lied to the family. This is a heartfelt thing here, so I lied to the family on the phone. They would say, you sound different. You don't sound the same. What's going on here? So I said, oh, everything is fine. Lying my teeth off. Lying, lying, lying. Plenty of lying. Just like that sneaking of the drink when I told you at the beginning, I turned into a sneak as well. Because I would sneak a drink in my 20s and act like I don't drink. I would go to parties and say, Oh, I just need, I don't, I'll just have one. And then I carried a bottle of liquor right here. We're all our adults, so there are no children here. So I can say I put the bottle of liquor in, in here, so in here, in the breastplate, and would carry it around, you know. I was cheap also, I wasn't, didn't want to buy it, but anyway. Um, so my family, um, they believed in me for a long time. We were sending thousands of dollars home, which was wonderful, and saving money in the refrigerator. I didn't like the bank, because they, you have to wait until they're open to go get their, your money. So I said, the mattress will do, and the freezer. I know y'all don't know about that, but uh, you know, I, so I had no money. So anyway, um, with the family, um, I kept lying to them, and they heard my voice changing, my attitude changing. I was being distant with my employees. I wasn't, I was paying them, and then I stopped. Um, what happened is my family flew over here. I lied and told them I had a year anniversary just to shut them up, because I heard something about AA. And, uh, and not knowing, eight of my relatives flew over here excuse me, to, to surprise me for this fictitious anniversary, to believe in me, and uh, thank you, darling. And uh, they said, Deneen, you lied to us. They banged on the door. I didn't want to open, I opened the door, blinds drawn, empty bottles on the floor, tons of cases of Jamaican rum. And uh, they said, they all looked at me at the door with balloons and gifts. And they said, Deneen, you lied to us. We trusted you. And they flew back. At that time, you could fly right back. Here, you have to go through all kind of changes. It's different. Um, and that was the first day, and the best, the, the best day and the worst day, because I had to decide whether I wanted to be in a casket or I wanted to change for the better. And uh, my heart hurts when I share it, because uh, me telling them that lie destroyed their lives. They were so happy for me. I still have flashbacks seeing when they were flying over saying, oh, we're going to celebrate with Deneen. And to come and get smacked in the face and see that I was in the worst condition ever. Okay, so um, after that, I said, all right, let me find out. My husband used to take me to um, 
to AA and used to leave me, which was wonderful because I went and had a drink. I was so glad. I said, you need to be in here. I said, all right, darling, I'm good. Leave me here. And the minute he took off in the car, psh, I was gone. So eventually, I went in and I saw people laughing, lots of laughter. I said, what is all this laughter business? And I heard stories. They didn't register at first, but then I would hear downtrodden stories. And then I would hear the next day or the next week that they changed. They felt better. You know, their lives had improved. Uh, so that, that made me want to come. So there was this sign, the upside down thinking, and I used to turn it right side up. And they said, Miss, would you leave it alone, please? <laughs> leave it. I said, listen, I know what the, how to read. Put it the right way. I'm arguing like a nincompoop, you know. So he put it, uh, he le I left it alone. But I learned so much. Um, also, oh, so I went to, I sat in the back, and I looked at the wall, and I saw uh, the signs for sponsor, sponsee. Oh, yes, thank you. And I saw sponsors, and uh, sponsors for the women, sponsors for the men. So I just sat there and looked up behind me, and somebody came behind me and said, what is it you want? I said, I don't know, but I know it's not working for me. So they took me under their wing, and I was, def I was willing, but I was defiant, because when they gave me homework, you know, and told me I have to do a 90 and 90, I said, what kind of 90 and 90? <laughs> oh, no, I can't, no, no, no. But somebody in the room, uh, when they said 90 and 90, somebody said, one day at a time. And that's why I stayed. I couldn't hear that long distance business that wasn't working. So, um, also, uh, I was a part of Silkworth Women's Meeting and 12th Street Workshop. And I must thank them very dearly for, because uh, shipments, we had meetings at 12th Street. And then when I was on my way to a meeting, 75 cases of Jamaican rum were delivered to my home. So I was trying to be sober at the time. So I ran and interrupted the meeting. Help me, help me, I have 75 cases of Jamaican rum. Help me. And they looked at me like, who is this banshee? Where she come from? And uh, five ladies, five ladies from 12th Street got up from the meeting, went to my home, hired a van, and took it to a storage in the Bronx. At that time, my son was having a, a wedding, and uh, he didn't want me to drink, of course not. He wasn't having any liquor. So um, that was for my business. Some family thinks that you believe that you stopped. They sh you show them proof, but other family members don't believe you stopped, so they were still shipping me cases. So they came out, and they, the people at the storage, they bought it for $3,000, and I gave that money to my son for his wedding gift. So that was good. So the last thing with this uh, Jamaican rum is I was, I think I was two years sober and UPS sent more cases of Jamaican rum. So the man came, UPS came with a gurney full of, full of cases. And I said, uh, and I said to him, I, I took it, I took the, the book and I signed it and I said, happy Thanksgiving. 
he looked at me like I lost my senses. He so I said, go on, go on, go on. And he was walking down the street and still looking at me like, and that's, that stopped that craving or that massive uh, uh, temptation that I had. So, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for the people here at Atlantic Group, very grateful for my sponsor, Scotty, and so many of you dear to me that have inspired me to stay strong. There's a young lady, Emily P., that uh, on the, at the 11-step meeting, she was so straightforward and she would say, I don't want to be here, but I know I need to be here. People like that have inspired me to stay because I know even though you don't feel to, it's necessary. The alcoholism is very dangerous. It's killing people around us like no to no end, and it's not stopping. And it's so empowering to see all of you here. We all here want the best for ourselves. I've also learned uh, here, um, being sober, I've also went for hospice training, so I do that once in a while at hospitals. And um, I also went to school for global ministry and Christian theology. I got my degree there. But I have turned that into marrying couples. And I marry them with all my heart and soul. So I'm very grateful to be recommended. I don't have to use the internet, thank goodness, because I couldn't handle that. Mike slip up. So, um, you know, and I'm very proud of the love I have for my family and friends. And to be honest and to be trusted, what a joy. You know, the steps have been so empowering. My sponsor and I, uh, Scotty and I, we just read steps six and seven today. And uh, each one, each one is so empowering. And I, I remember something I read the other day. It said, I am faith filled and fear free because I am a celebration of love. And all of you are a celebration of love. We want the best. We want to be loved. I don't care what nobody says. No, I don't want love. I'm one of those. But, uh, you know, to embrace each other and to be honest and straight up, if you don't want to be here, like I have called my sponsors, I don't want to go to a meeting. And they just don't answer. So that means get your big butt to a meeting, you know? <laughs> But I like that. I don't like to be beat down and downtrodden. I like to be inspired. I like to hear all of you, your struggles, your ups and downs, you know, the blessings of being sober. I've made amends to my family. I've paid the people, my uh, former employees that work for me, I've paid them ex exceptionally well. And I'm so grateful the timing that I did it, making amends was right on time for them. You know, I've made great amends. I have a neighbor that lives upstairs. He's an elder gentleman, a veteran. And when I put the water on, I've shared it, some of you know this, um, I've shared that he bangs profusely when I put the water on. Now I know the steps work and I know God is there because now I, I prayed page 552, page 562, pray for others even though you don't want to because you will find even though you don't want it for them, you will want it for them. You will come to want it and mean it for them. And I have done that. It wasn't two weeks. It was like a few, a year or so. <laughs> uh, but I've learned now, when he bangs profusely now, I say, hi, I know you're here. I know you're lonely. I'm here for you. Instead of just going in a frenzy, getting a broom and banging the ceiling and getting in a frenzy for nothing. I can't change people. 
And I have learned with the steps, you can't change people, but you can inspire them or leave them be, pray for them, because I do a lot of prayer and meditation. And I pray for him, and I pray for others that wish me ill, and I pray for those that inspire me. I pray for everybody. And I do meditation, I sit down, I breathe, I calm my spirit. I love the idea of um, guided meditation, you know, because that helps. I like when the water falls, all kind of different ones. And I've learned many different strategies from meditation from so many of you, you know. And, uh, you know, it's helped me grow. I don't have, when people bump into me in the train, I am not going to, who do they think they are? I let them go because maybe they didn't even notice they bumped into me. So I go in a frenzy, freak everybody out during the day. For what? So I have learned that through the steps. Thank you, darling. Good. I'm ready to stop. I'm talking too much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for everything I'm learning. I'm learning patience and tolerance with so many things. I don't get angry and vexed like I used to. And I... The sponsees I've had, may they rest, uh, bless them rather, they're still all right. I'm so grateful to teach them to look in the mirror, be proud of yourself. I don't care if you have slit in your eye and your hair look like bozo. You just look and say, I am beautiful. God wants me to do great things. I can do this. I don't have to worry about uh, why this one said that one, why this one talk against me. I don't go through that, because when I have my sponsors, I told them, if you're going to talk about the other, when you get up and move, I can't be a sponsor, because you're weakening me. You're weakening my strength, and I can't have that. I'm not perfect, because uh, I mean everything I say from the heart. I love people, but I will go home and isolate with my little dog and my giant goldfish, and I will put on sci-fi and have a ball with sci-fi, you know? <laughs> So that's my character defect. Also, as you see my hips, you know my character defect is food. So I don't have to say anything about that. But I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. And I love the laughter. I love that we can laugh at a meeting. You know, and I have people here that mean so much. So much to me. So many times I've asked people, well, what does this step mean? I don't understand it. And they would take me to the side. Or they'll say, take your number. And I would like you newcomers, use those numbers. I call 11 people every Sunday. I bake 30 cakes for the church or for the hospital every Sunday. I don't charge. I do it because I want to. I already charge big time when I did the Jamaican rum cake. So that's, you know. And, uh, and uh, my, uh, so I am so grateful that I am blessed to be here. I just married some beautiful couples and I have five more, oh, September next month. So all in Glen Cove, Long Island at Country Club. So God is bringing me where I need to be. And it's just, it's just such a gift. You know, I've been within myself. I've put up a wall. I must close with this. I've put up a wall, and this is not an advertisement. I have put up a wall against love because I didn't want my feelings to be interrupted by someone that's not going to be honest with me, you know? So I've kept that wall up, but now a higher God is telling me to move the wall and embrace life. You know, I'll give my heart to everyone, I'll protect you, you know? If you cross me, that's a different thing. I get vexed, 
But at the same time, I give my heart freely. I don't pull punches, ever many know. I just say from my heart. If you ask me what you need me to tell you and tell the truth, that's me. I don't cut corners or go around the bush to come out and the others are all that nonsense, you know? So, you know, I'm just immensely grateful and I don't see you holding the sign up yet. <laughs> Hold it up, my man. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, so one quick one is a, f a funny, well, sort of funny. I, um, I used to play a lot. I used to be a pool shark at the time. Jackie Gleason. I love Jackie Gleason. So I used to be, uh, I used to go and play the Jamaican, the poor Jamaican just come off the boat. I don't know how to shoot. And I'd say, put $20 down. Oh, good. Uh, 20 and then leave out with $400. So one of my sponsors told me since I had robbed them, I had to make an amends. So I went and made amends to quite a bit of money. The, the bartender said, oh no, you had the place jumping. But I said, no, I have to change and I have to repent, you know, for all this. So, um, so I'm just grateful for that, but I'm a little resentful I had to pay that money back. <laughs> But I am grateful that we do make amends and we step up and, and we take care of ourselves today. We don't need to drink or use. I've had downtrodden, I've been in a wheelchair, I've been a walker, I've had the cane, I still have the cane. But I'm empowered by all of you. So all of you reach out to each other, take those numbers and use them. If you don't feel like it or you feel stressed, get on that phone because that's what I do. And I wish you all the best. Best wishes. Thank you.